Howdy folks and welcome to the Dirt Road Cowboys Christian Podcast. My name is Dean, also known as the Dirt Road Cowboy. And whether this is your first time listening in or if you're a repeat listener, I want to thank you for following along and hearing what I have to say. In this episode, we're going to talk about a sin unto death and the unforgivable or unpardonable sin. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about a sin that is not unto death. Now, we've all heard that the wages of sin is death. That's also a scripture. The scripture clearly mentions that there are sins that are not unto death. It sounds contradictory when we read other scriptures that say that the wages of sin is death. So what's the difference between a sin that is unto death, which the Bible tells us not to pray for, and the unforgivable sin that Jesus talked about. Okay, what is the unpardonable or unforgivable sin that Jesus talked about? Well, that was clearly blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. When they accused Jesus of operating by the power of Satan, they called the Holy Spirit evil. They said that the Holy Spirit was an evil spirit. Now, that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus warned them that they wouldn't be forgiven if they said it again. If they accused him of having an evil spirit, of working with the power of Beelzebub, or whatever they were calling it at the time, that was not going to be forgiven them. We hear that a lot today. People will be talking in tongues, and someone else will say, no, that's of the devil. Ooh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Don't know if your fire insurance is going to cover you for that one. Anything that people are sitting here saying is a work of the devil when it's clearly mentioned in Scripture as one of the gifts of the Spirit, you are in danger of never being forgiven. Very scary thought there. You don't want to cross that line. Now, if you said it out of ignorance, then you beg for forgiveness. Plead with Jesus to take that sin away. Apologize profusely to the Holy Spirit. If you really did it in ignorance, then there's a possibility that your ignorance wasn't blasphemy. Willful and deliberate accusation saying that something is of the devil when you know better. You got the scriptures. You can look it up for yourself to see whether it's from the devil or not. If you're under a preacher, a cessationalist, that is saying that all that stuff stopped and anything else is of the devil now, run. Do not walk out of that church. I don't care if your grandma and your grandpa paid for half the pews in that place. Get out. Better to run away and leave something like that than to be in danger of hellfire. You don't want to associate with anyone or anything that is sitting there saying something that the Holy Spirit is doing is a work of the devil. Just don't go there. So I think I've given you enough warning on that. If you or anyone else you know is in that kind of danger, pass on the warning. Because once saved, always saved is not going to cut it when it comes to that. It's not forgivable. If someone is willfully sitting there saying that these charismatics, Pentecostals, whatevers are operating in the devil, then you want to steer clear. Okay, I think we've said enough on that that we all know what the unforgivable or unpardonable sin is. If you still have a conscience over it, then maybe you haven't committed it. That's why I said, you need to talk to Jesus about it, talk to the Holy Spirit about it, because that's the unforgivable one. But if he's still touching your conscience, then maybe you didn't quite cross the line. And that's going to be between you and God. So what about this other stuff about the 
sin unto death and the sins that do not lead to death? And how does that equate with the wages of sin is death? The scripture tells us that we can pray for someone's sin that is not unto death, and we can get them healed and get that sin forgiven. Now, I'm sure we're going to have to talk to those people and let them know that they've been committing sin, and if they continue to commit sin, it will reap the harvest of death. I mean, there's no way you're going to be able to put on your immortality and live in sin. We are supposed to put on the immortality. If you listen to any of my past teachings, you probably heard me go over and over and over. The scripture says that the mortal must put on immortality. And we have this spirit of immortality that raised Jesus from the dead, the quickening spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we're supposed to put on our new life on earth as it is in heaven, putting on our new body. I know the Bible says that Paul didn't achieve it, and he admitted that he hasn't quite attained it, but he's going to keep trying. We're supposed to keep trying. We're supposed to have gone farther than they did. But evil demonic religion has held us back, has kept us from progressing. We're supposed to use what Jesus taught as a foundation. That's the slab we build the house on. He said it himself. He said that the wise one that listens to his words and builds a house on it, is building on the bedrock. He didn't say that his teachings were the pinnacle of it all, and we're supposed to strive to reach that and then quit. He said that the things that he did and greater works will we do. And that's greater in power and magnificence, not greater in number. There's two different words in the Greek that's been translated greater into English. If it meant greater in number... Then a few sentences later, in that same scripture where Jesus talked about doing greater works, he said, the Father is greater than I, and it's the same word. So if he meant greater in number, then he'd be talking about many different gods, many different fathers. And we all know that that's ludicrous. So don't listen to lying teachings as talking about the greater things that he did is greater in number as in winning more people to the Lord. Not talking about that at all. So back to the sin unto death versus the sins that don't lead to death. Okay, I just mentioned that we can pray for sins that don't lead to death. Those are your minor infractions. You know, a little shoplifting, something like that, is not going to bring down the death penalty. The sins unto death are ones that bring down the death penalty. We're talking about adultery. We're talking about covenant breaking, murders, things like that, treason. Anytime that you are doing something like that, those are death penalty sins. But it doesn't say that the person will go to hell. You can still be forgiven, but have to pay the penalty in the natural and go through your death penalty on earth, putting death to the body, and wake up in heaven. See, those aren't unforgivable and unpardonable sins, but they are sins that lead to death. Covenant breaking, treason, same thing. You're making a covenant. Now, if you're like keeping up with any of the news, you're seeing that there's a lot of treason going on these days. There are traitors all over the place that are violating their sworn oath. They made a covenant to defend and uphold the Constitution. I'm talking about the United States here. If you're listening from another part of the country, I'm sure you got some treasonous people in your government too. They're all over the place. They're like a cancer. They're infecting everywhere. And we need to pray them out. We need to pray that God, the God of covenant, will step forth and bring the penalty that they deserve. 
they deserve the death penalty. There is no way of skirting around that. Those are sins unto death, and they should be punished by death. Same thing with murders. You take a life, your life is forfeit. Simple. Now, I know that there are times when there's extenuating circumstances. I'm not talking about self-defense or anything like that. I'm talking about willful murders. You know, like gangbangers do, or hitmen, or whatever. You know, just people killing people without any conscience. They deserve the death penalty. Period. Those kind of things Jesus didn't say that we forgive and forget. Adultery was a death penalty. Both parties involved were supposed to be brought up for stoning, and the offended party, whether it's the husband or the wife, who'd been cheated on, I hate that term, they'd been betrayed, backstabbed, their covenant been violated, then they should be the one that tosses the first stone. Now see, when Jesus forgave the woman caught in the act of adultery, she was the only one brought up. The man that was with her wasn't there, and the husband wasn't there. She was brought in there, dragged, bloody, beaten, and naked. Yes, she was naked. She wasn't given the opportunity to cover herself, to preserve her modesty. An adulteress was not considered modest, and they would have been dragging her through the streets, bare naked, getting scratched and bloodied up, probably dragging her by her hair if she fell down. So when she was thrown before Jesus, she was naked, not covered in all kinds of clothing, looking like some modest woman. They were getting ready to kill her. They didn't care about her modesty. They were going to stone her to death. But there was no accuser. Her husband wasn't there. He's the only one that has the right to bring a formal accusation. The man she was with wasn't there. The scripture talks plainly that they were supposed to both be executed. So where were the other parties involved? They weren't. It was an entrapment thing on the woman and on Jesus. Jesus didn't fall for it. And he let the woman go because there was no accuser anymore. If there would have been an accuser, then let the one without sin be the first one to cast the stones, and he would have had to throw the first stone, because he was the only one there without sin. But since there was no accuser, no one standing on their covenant right for vengeance. I mean, the Bible says that I am the Lord, and I will avenge. Well, then he would have had to avenge. And I know that there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, God doesn't do that anymore. But the scripture says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It also says that he is the Lord. He changes not. He doesn't violate covenants. The Bible says plainly that covenants cannot be violated, whether it's a godly covenant or a covenant of men. It can't be changed or violated. It meant a lot back then. But today, people violate covenants all the time. And get away with it. And God is tired of that. I will tell you right now. God has had it with covenant breaking. And you're about to see a lot of people get what's coming to them for breaking covenant. Especially covenants that have been sworn through communion. The body and blood of Jesus Christ. And then you go and break that and think you're going to skate free? You are in for a world of hurt. If you don't get it now, you may end up getting it eternally. Don't violate covenants. Jesus said that there was only one reason for a divorce, for violating that covenant. That was the adultery. So it's not just some willy-nilly thing where you can marry someone and if it doesn't work out, okay, next. No, you stick it out unless there's been adultery involved. Then you're supposed to have the death penalty brought in. The injured party is the one supposed to pronounce sentence. So anyway, back to what we were talking about, adulteries, 
murders, covenant breaking. Those are all sins unto death. Those are the ones that are supposed to bring the death penalty. But minor things like petty theft or little things like that are supposed to be punished, but not kill someone over it. You don't kill a shoplifter. So I hope that's kind of given you a little bit of an understanding of the unforgivable slash unpardonable sin, a sin unto death, and a sin that doesn't lead to death. The minor ones don't lead to death. But there are some that the Bible is very clear are a sin unto death, and we're not to pray for those people. We might want to pray that they'll get saved, but we can't pray that they won't face the penalty for what they did. That's just wrong. And God is against that. If you're praying for that to happen, maybe you're praying to the wrong Lord. Maybe you've taken Lucifer as your Lord and you're praying a demonic protection over people that deserve to come under the punishment that they brought on themselves. Think about it. And that's where we're going to wrap this one up today. I know it's been kind of a hard thing for some people to hear, but it's time to get back to God. It's time to start walking in holiness and purity again. If you want to put on your immortality, you can't be walking in sin, even minor sins, that are connecting you to this world system and expect to put on the system of God, the power of God, while you're walking in the earth power. It doesn't work. You have to make a decision. You're going to love one and hate the other. Just like Jesus said about serving God and mammon. You can't do both. You can't serve the world and be connected to the world's energy system and expect God's power to come into your body and bring about immortality. Same thing happened in the Garden of Eden. God wouldn't let him eat of the tree of life and live immortal sinners. He had to stop that. And we're facing the same thing again today. It's time for us to put on the immortality. And you can't do that living in sin. So I'll make a parting prayer over everyone that your eyes will be open to this truth that I've been telling you. And that you will commit to God and turn away the things of this world. And God will open your eyes to see the hope and the promises that he has for you. The life that he has for you. And how wonderful it is compared to any of the garbage that the world has to offer. And I pray that for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, folks, I'll be back again in a couple weeks. Until then, if you want to find out a little bit more about me, you can go to my website at www.dirtroadcowboy.com. You can find contact info and whatever else there. If you need to contact me or if you want to contact me, if you want to ask questions, contact info is right there. So until next time, folks, this is the Dirt Road Cowboy signing out. Bye, y'all.